1: Let's welcome in Dr. Marlene West smith who joins me now, and just talking about what's going on with an important campaign we're seeing more and more, trying to educate uh, voters, consumers, about what's happening with these site-neutral payment systems and the push to have them. So good morning. I thank you so much for joining me.
0: Good morning, and thanks
1: for having me. So when you talk about, for example, um, electro uh, electrocardiograms, X rays, casting, stitches, uh, the government, you know, will, you know, has a I guess has a, a pay sheet for that, such as a menu. But you're pushing for, in other words, these site neutral centers, and also just more transparency with what things cost. And I think this is important to educate the public on this because. We're not accustomed to it. You know, when you go get your car fixed, you say, "Well, oh, I need a new such and such and you want you want to know what everything is costing. The labor costs this, the part costs that. But that's not something exactly. right that we we don't usually at, even think to ask. Well, what's this going to cost right.
0: me?" Right. I think that the, the uh, probably the best example is when you go to a fine restaurant and some of the items are listed at market price. I don't know too many people who would just you know, unless you're you just won the lottery, you still ask what the market price is of the lobster or the delicious steak is. You don't just get a surprise bill at the end unless somebody else is footing the bill, um, and that's exactly what's happening in healthcare. Is that it is a different price for every uh, single person. So imagine being at that restaurant and you got, might get charged, you know, five hundred dollars for that dish but because i you know i'm from a low-income area i might order that dish and after the fact they might charge me or my insurance or my payer a hundred dollars for that same exact meal it's very confusing you know and for doctors the patient thinks we're the ones that are are creating this katamani system and we don't even understand it when when we purchase our own health care when somebody asks me what is this going to cost You you would spend an hour or more trying to get a straight answer, even from your own employer, because things have gotten so convoluted. Yeah.
1: So take it take us through, you know, what you're talking about here, why this is important and the difference in some of the costs.
0: Right. So, and, and let me back this up. I am a pediatrician. So I take care of children zero to 21 and graduated medical school over 30 years ago. And I used to have my head in the sand. I'm like Medicare reform, government, <laughs> politics, elections. I, I used to not care about all of those things because I, I just wanted to doctor to heal people and not to really worry about that stuff. Um, And especially in pediatrics, because very few patients in my age group have Medicare. What I didn't realize until fairly recently within the last decade or so is that Medicare, whatever happens in Medicare that's good for the goose, good for the insurance companies, uh, where they make a profit or can make money is what is emulated. By private insurance companies, so it does affect all of us. And so, I, I, anybody listening, it, you know, don't don't tune it out because healthcare is uh, something we cannot go without. I don't want to get into a debate of, about whether it's a right or a privilege, mm-hmm. but it it's something we all need, and we need to be able to transparently understand where our dollars are going. And if we choose not to pay these exorbitant insurance premiums. Or um, we have very very high deductibles. It behooves us all to ask these big conglomerates where is our dollar going? Because it's it's my my frustration is that it's not going into better patient care. In most systems, uh, we are seeing these huge conglomerates buy small practices. I'm, I'm old school. Mm-hmm. The physician patient relationship is tantamount. This yes. is this is why I went into doctoring. I may not understand exactly what's going on with every patient, but I will do my best to connect that patient with the right person, the right care, the right time. And th- this system is stacked against patients and it- it's not working. And we're having a, a mass exit at Drexit is what my friend, Dr. Marion Mass uh, <laughs> uh, calls it. It's, it's uh, physicians are leaving the a, a, a career that they are passionate about, because of what is happening, and I just chose the um, to write in real clear health about months at the end of July was when my article was published mm-hmm. um, about the um, the site neutral payment part of this transparency because it's it's easy for the layperson to understand like why does the same exact ekg electrocardiogram the equipment is exactly the same um the, the, the technician putting it on is exactly the same. Why is it that if the hospital throws a sign up on, on that private doctor's office because they quote unquote purchased it or are now managing it, why does that EKG go from a cost of a hundred dollars to five hundred or two thousand or some arbitrary figure for the exact same service? Um so that that's why what, what I think one piece of the legislation that's being talked about talks about site neutral payments and, and I think we need to just ask the questions why why is it so different? Why are we um, why is our government paying so much more for the exact same service? It's it's not like it's under anesthesia or that the yes. the rent you know we're we're paying we're we're mixing things up and it's it's not good for our bottom line and, and I think it's becoming I think they use this, the people who are the C suite Uh, Folks who quote unquote manage healthcare, it's a it's a big shell game. They tell you that it's so difficult to understand so that they can hide money and you know put put uh, you know you look at any CEO of a hospital and look at their um, take home income and you see the problem. Yes,
1: you know I I saw that yesterday for the first time. You know our national our, our U.S. national debt hit 33 trillion dollars and obviously this is the first time in our nation and in your article in real RealClearHealth.com that I wanted to discuss was you know you talk about and you write about the Congressional Budget Office estimating the difference in what a site neutral payment program would save taxpayers at a time when we are at this historic you know national debt, Talk about how much this this type of idea, if it could be put through site neutral payment programs, how much money this actually saves American taxpayers. Uh,
0: according to the Congressional Budget Office, it's estimated that more than one hundred and forty one billion dollars billion with a B over ten years just in the rate cuts alone. And that Medicare beneficiaries would save $94 individually through reduced premiums and cost sharing. You know, so that it, it, it's something that affects all of us. And again, not just the Medicare recipient. Remember that this kind of reform will also trickle down to your Bucas, your Blue Cross, your United, your Cigna, your every every health um, insurance company uh, will emulate again, what is good for them, for their bottom line. So this this may or may not, um, uh, you know, you, as you can imagine, this is not popular uh, amongst the hospital associations. This type of legislation is um, the lobbyists are out in full force, even though there's bi- bipartisan support for site neutral payments and other uh, transparency mm-hmm. uh, requests.
1: When you talk about transparency, that's something that I think so many doctors like like you're saying, um, and as a, as a pediatrician, as a longtime physician, and you've been on the side where, where you have been serving your patients and now speaking out of your experience and the difference over the years. Um, Dr. Marlene Woost Smith, but you know, I, I look at this and I was, you know going back and looking at some of the things that you've you've been involved with or talked about. You have pushed for, and even amid the uh, COVID, the epidemic, during the height of that, pushing for things like transparency. I saw there was a, um, and this was in New Jersey, actually, you were one of the top doctors named who were calling for transparency, calling for, you know, doing everything that we could to combat the spread of COVID-19, thinking outside the box, that sort of thing. You know, take me through the pandemic, what it taught you as a physician about the government and and just your your personal comparison, if you will, of how doctors are viewed, how doctors are celebrated for maybe a diversity of viewpoints and how that has evolved, especially amid, you know, after the pandemic and during the pandemic.
0: We may need an hour <laughs> yeah. now. Um, so, um, you know, the pandemic was, uh, you know, looking back, it's it's a I call it the BC uh, before COVID or after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, it became obvious where our um, administrators. It, it, you know, it was a, a time where patients needed us, where we as physicians, uh, everybody in healthcare was scared scared for their lives. We had no idea what was going on. And very early on, as you will recall, their um, uh, lack of preparation with our personal protective equipment, you know, being told um, not to wear a mask. Very, very early in the pandemic, I had colleagues that were chided, chided by their administrators. You're scaring the patients. Don't put that mask on. They had their own N95s you know, the, the people who had uh, an inkling of what was coming, some colleagues tried to protect themselves where the first or second week were chided um, for wearing this because the corporates, they, they basically want you to fall in line and, and follow algorithms. And I'm sorry, but healthcare. care, yes, we need uh, evidence-based medicine. We need uh, guidelines. You don't want people practicing rogue. But by its very definition in a pandemic, we're all learning as it goes along. And what we learned as physicians and other, other healthcare, we went at the end, we were um, viewed as healthcare heroes, but in the mm-hmm. beginning, we were first told not to wear a mask. Then when we told we were told we had to, nobody can forget the paper bags uh, with our names on them yeah. with the stanky um, uh, mask that you had worn for a 12 hour shift yes. that we had to rewear because we source everything from single um, monopolies, basically. We've gotten away from free market, even in the healthcare supply chain, and if you start peeling back the layers, you see that they're all in cahoots with one another. The uh, group purchasing organizations, the pharmaceutical uh, benefit managers, the insurance companies, these big hospitals, so you've got this big kind of secretive um, mafia, medical mafia families, um, where the country is being run by very, very large corporations. Mm-hmm. And we are being duped into this. Um, you know, this is the way it must be when we need to just say, hey, stop, whatever, whatever precedent we Have set here. It's not working. And look at what happens when there is a shortage. It's not just in PPE. You know, in my field, we have formula shortages. We have amoxicillin shortages, the most common antibiotic for an ear infection, um, because we source things from, you know, China. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't make our own basic ingredients. Um, There's a problem, and we need to. At the request of our legislators to look, you know, we we know that things evolved in this way, but we have a budget problem. We have uh, a situation where even people with means cannot afford health care when they get ill because of the ridiculous pricing. So we need to just simplify things in a way that that you know, we can undo a lot of what has evolved and and I think what we'll find, which is ugly, is that there's profit um, as a motive behind all of these systems that have been set up. And I, as a practicing physician, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And I envision doing this till the day I took my last breath. And I I have to now, in order to care for my patients, I have become a free agent. I refuse to be employed by one hospital system or uh, entity And and it's a very confusing world, but at least I feel like I'm in control of my um, time and my uh, ability to care for patients, and that's not happening in the rest of the world, Uh, at least in our country. Uh, I don't know what's happening in the rest of the world, but I'd like to see our country get get it back together.
1: It's so important for people to know about this, and I recently was talking to a friend who in her family, um, unfortunately, MS, multiple sclerosis, which recently I saw a number where they they said that many more people suffer with MS than even previously thought, by the way. One study that was funded by the National MS Society, they, they said that they confirmed nearly 1 million people are living with MS. That's just in the United States of America. So she was talking to me. She's actually a nurse, by the way. And she was talking about high, uh, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, um, which, mm-hmm. which we never knew how to say that or knew about HCQ right. until, <laughs> until COVID, right? Until the pandemic. And it became, ooh, controversial. And I know that you had conversations about this. You know, for example, all, there are these studies, and I know it's in clinical trials but you know, these are studies that say that that it appears that HCQ is something that at least mitigates some of those symptoms, especially early on. And and my friend was telling me, you know, my her sister has it horribly. She has it. It runs in their family. And she said, you know, because it's HCQ, we can't we can't talk about it. It's really you can't even get it. <laughs> you can't
0: it. talk about Bruno. Yeah. I call it right? HCQ. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and, and we we should not. Be to those levels, I, I'm disappointed in my colleagues um, in their blind um, trust yeah. of what what our uh, governing bodies tell us to say. We do we do not listen. We do not yeah. want misinformation. We don't want witchcraft. We don't want um, you know things that are not properly studied. Put into you know the, the general population. You see it with um, you know people who are um, you know peddling, let's say um, uh, protein shakes or the yes. non pharmaceuticals. You see that constantly. It, you know, and the FDA is uh, always uh, you know mm-hmm. supposed to be watching. You don't. You do not want to make false claims about items. But yes. as we know, you know. Uh, Healthcare isn't evolving. You know, a, a few centuries ago, the, the person who uh, realized that handwashing uh, was an important uh, way to prevent sepsis and infection and, and uh, reduce the number of deaths in childbirth was called crazy. You know, that it's it, it, things change and evolve, so we have to have an open mind. And what we saw and what we are still seeing to some extent is that during the pandemic. There were folks that were out there trying to figure out why is this person dying? Why is this not uh, this person not dying even though they have risk factors? And medicines were tried. And I, I still, I think we'll, it'll take another decade to, for us to see what the true data is. And there is no one size fits all in medicine. The hydroxychloroquine probably did help a percentage of patients. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not a miracle cure. It's not a, it's not for everyone. We need to study what it is about people's immune systems and what it is about our food supply, about our environment that's causing increased rates of multiple sclerosis, of autism, of um, all these autoimmune uh, mm-hmm. diseases yes. that essentially are, are destroying our humanity. Yes. I, I think the next big uh, wave of um, research is in our microbiome. Um, that is, that's the, the un, unknown, the big unknown. M- most of our disease begins and ends in the gut. And what we have in our gut is governed by our stress levels, by our food, by environmental toxins, by our genetics. And, and we need to understand that and not let people um, gamify this for profit, you know, that we have to return to true science and, and figure out how how our bodies work and not discount medications because they're inexpensive or because they've lost their patent, but have true um, studies uh, and, and look at these things and, you know, and, and not rely on um, a- anecdote, but also not discount things that may be helpful, and, and especially in today's climate, the M, there are great MS drugs, right, but they're very, very expensive. Yes. And if there are folks out there who have no insurance or can't afford the biologics that, that are helping some, and there may be some benefit to hydroxychloroquine or some other medicine, let's fund those clinical trials. Let's get people access or, or somewhat direct them in helping themselves.
1: Yes. Well, I, I love talking to you because I'm somebody who loves the conversation. And that's just it. You know, I love that you say you call it, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. But I, I, I love that because I do think it, it's it's that they want to shut down the actual conversation that right. they don't even want us to do what every scientist does what I presume, you as a, as a doctor, as a f- physician, and as a pediatrician, I'm sure that in your lifetime you were praised for being good in science classes, yeah. right? And, yes. and so now right. they don't want us to talk about science or, or right. just the beginning of that, which is asking the question and looking at the theory and, and right. studying it. They don't even want us to talk about that.
0: No, no, no. And, yeah. and it's become science with the trademark. You know, what is, uh-huh. you know, and and with social media with all the um the lack of um it seems like our our media has now been divided into you know Rumble and mm-hmm. you know Telegram and you know I love radio shows like yours because you can um have honest conversations yes. and and be heard by the people it's not being filtered or edited or censored um we live in the united states of america we should be able to have these conversations and you know and not be ridiculed or um questioned because of um we have an open mind you know so that that's where i'm standing from and i'm i'm somebody who's not um maybe as smart as some of the scientists, but I care deeply about people. I care deeply about having everybody being able to get the best care that they can. And I don't take no for an answer. When somebody tells me this requires prior authorization, or somebody tries to stop something that I know a patient needs, I will turn over every rock to get that patient what they need. And the bureaucracy, bureaucracy, uh, that we're all encountering is only going to get worse if we don't wake up and say to our legislators, what is it, what's the solution here? Um, Because this, you euphemistically say Mm -hmm. Medicare for all, M for all, uh, MFA, you know, you'll you'll do a search on that. That is not the answer if we are going to hand over the keys to the castles to yeah. these big conglomerates and that's what like hello people wake up that's what we're doing we're not going to get rid of at and CVS and United Healthcare and their uh, PBM they're all um, in cahoots and somebody in our government because both parties are, are at fault here they all are funded by these big organizations who have been promised you know, to to be basically manage our health care. Yes. And, and managing, they're not, because we are not going to have one physician left um, that's worth their salt in this system. Um,
1: it's so important. Well, Dr. Marlene Woodsmith, um, pediatrician here in Pennsylvania, founder and publisher, Physician Outlook Magazine, and you can read one of our latest articles in realclearhealth.com. I really appreciate you, and I hope you can come back. I hope that we can continue... I, I, I,
0: Yes, I would love it. I think if, um, if we could have uh, myself and Dr. Marion Mass. Uh, yes, that'd be wonderful. Uh, really, um, you know, she's better at, at letting people know what it is they have to <laughs> ask their legislators. I just know that we need to like <laughs> our vote counts. We may not have the money in the deep pockets, but uh, our legislators need to understand yeah. that we, we, are the, we are the electorate. We are the people. Yes. We elect them and we want reform. Well,
1: thank you. I mean, thank you for fighting the good fight. We need more doctors like you. Thank you. I really
0: appreciate. Thank you. you. Thank you for what you do. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four
1: amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.